Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. He kōna e pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Kia ora and welcome to Elemental from RNZ. I'm Alan Blackman from the Auckland University of Technology. And I'm Alison Balance. And episode 78 has got a bit of the old Okai the new about it. <laughs> I'm not even going to try. <laughs> we'll just stick um, to our Kiwi accent, shall we? Indeed, yes. Now, Alison's talking funnily because uh, it's not very obvious, but today's chemical element strontium is in fact named after the Scottish town Strontian, with an N. And that indeed is the UK's only claim to fame in terms of elemental names on the periodic table. So, why this little town of Strontian that uh, probably very few people have heard of? It's because a new mineral, which was called Strontianite, which is better known as Strontium Carbonate, was in fact found in a lead mine at Strontian, and this eventually proved, in 1790, to contain strontium. That was the ionic form of the element. The element itself was first isolated by, uh, who again, Humphrey Davy, in 1808, again using electrolysis. He's been doing very well in the S's on the periodic table, that he Humphrey Davy. rather, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so elemental symbol for strontium, SR, and atomic number 38, and that puts that pretty much halfway down group two on the periodic table. In fact, uh, fits it quite nicely between calcium and barium. Now, I've heard of strontium, and I'm thinking radioactivity and Chernobyl. Mm -hmm. But before we go there, let's deal with the element strontium first. Does it have many or even any uses? (laughs) Well, again, it's possibly not an element that is widely known to the general public. In fact, it is rather abundant. It's around about 16th in abundance in the Earth's crust, but really not a whole load of uses. And in fact, the thing it's best known for is the brilliant crimson red colour that it imparts to flames. And uh, as a result, it finds significant use in fireworks. Another of its compounds, strontium aluminate, is uh, also widely used in -in glow-in-the-dark paints and plastics. And so in the presence of a smidge of europium, if you remember back to that episode, if you irradiate these things with white light, they will very, very slowly emit green light. So that makes this a, wait for it, photoluminescent phosphorescent material. Photoluminescent and phosphorescent? Indeed. Okay, so we need some definitions there. Yes, please. (laughs) So a phosphorescent material gives off light as a result of the energy stored in its atoms. So as electrons drop down from higher to lower energy orbitals, they give off photons of light, each corresponding in energy to the difference in energy between the two levels. 
And so that's what phosphorescent is. The photoluminescent part indicates that the energy originally used to bump the electron up to the higher energy level came, in fact, from light. And in this case, we're talking light typically in the ultraviolet range. So what the strontium illuminate can do is to absorb photons when exposed to light, and then later it will slowly give off the photons. It can take several hours for the photons to be emitted, and this produces a low-level glow because the particular configuration in the strontium illuminate requires a so-called forbidden transition. Ooh, a <laughs> forbidden know. transition. Yes, mm. there's some sort of uh, first, second, third year chemistry going on there. It's forbidden, and so therefore it has a very, very low probability of occurring, and so that makes it non-instantaneous, which means that the glow lasts for quite some time. And that's what phosphorescent materials do. They glow for a long time because of these forbidden transitions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that it for uses? Mm, not quite. Toothpastes that are designed for sensitive teeth contain strontium salts, so therefore it doesn't just make your pearly white enamel sparkle, if you believe the toothpaste ads, that is. What else? We've got a thing called strontium titanate, and in fact that has a higher refractive index than diamond, of all things, and apparently sparkles really beautifully, but it's also a lot softer, so you can't really use this stuff as fake diamonds. And the only other uses that I've sort of been able to uh, find, a couple of previously major uses for strontium are now no longer. So strontium hydroxide was used to extract sugar from sugar beet in the 19th century, or more precisely sugar from beet molasses, let's say in a process called desugarization. Oh, it just seems a really odd thing to associate with sugar. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it worked, which is, I guess, why they used it. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> and uh, strontium carbonate was also used in the production of the glass used in the old cathode ray tube TV screens. Remember those? So the strontium ions in the strontium carbonate absorbed the harmful X-rays but uh, kept the screen transparent. So... There we were watching our old CRT TV screens, totally oblivious to the fact that we could have been blatted with X-ray radiation, but for the presence of the strontium ions. (laughs) Speaking of X-rays and radiation, uh, time for the radioactive side of strontium, please. Mm, Yes, okay, so if uh, people have heard of strontium, it's probably generally in the form of the strontium-90 isotope. That isotope is formed in nuclear fission and is most definitely contained in nuclear waste. So the isotope is potentially very dangerous precisely because of the position of strontium on the periodic table. As we said before, it sits directly below calcium. And so therefore, strontium ions and calcium ions are going to behave chemically quite similarly And certainly to the body, strontium could easily be mistaken for calcium. So that means that strontium ions can substitute for calcium ions in bone simply because of the fact that they are so very similar. Which leads to an interesting story about Dr. Louise Rice. And she, along with her husband, uh, initiated a thing called the Baby Tooth Survey in the late 1950s and early 1960s in St. Louis, Missouri. And what they found was that children born after 1963 had a huge increase in strontium-90 levels, having roughly 50 times the amount of strontium-90 in their teeth than those born 
before nuclear testing. That's where all of the strontium-90 was coming from, which is uh, pretty horrific when you think about it. Mm. And yes, Alison, as you alluded to earlier, it was one of the most significant radioactive elements in the fallout from the Chernobyl nuclear disaster in 1986. It's got a half-life of 29 years, and so it certainly does persist in the environment. Uh, Despite its dangerous characteristics, strontium-90 is, in fact, useful as a thing called a radioisotope thermoelectric generator, or an RTG. Just run that one past me again. Radioisotope thermoelectric generator. So why is an RTG of any use for anything? Well, the radioactive decay of strontium-90 gives out so much energy that it can actually be used to generate electricity. And in fact, a large number of strontium-90 powered RTGs have been used in things like unmanned weather stations and lighthouses. Now, most of these are in Russia, but uh, in fact, they're also in Antarctica and they were uh, running from the 1960s to the 1990s, in fact, including uh, several near McMurdo Sound and Scott Base stations on Ross Island, which are run by the US and New Zealand, respectively. Well, 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 from a Scottish village to Scott Base on the other side of the world. (laughs) Sounds like a good place to stop (laughs) this exploration of strontium. You can listen again anytime at rnz.co.nz slash chemistry. And we're also available anytime, anywhere, as a podcast on your favourite podcast provider. We're back next week with sulphur. But until then, it's hurrah from me, Alison Ballins. And me, Alan Blackman. Matewa. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.